Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. To today's show. Today is right in the middle of the month. It is October 15th. This is a crazy, crazy month that is going to bring us to a lot of answers. And every single day has been so full that all we can do is learn. Learn to accept a day for what it is. If there's any time in our history that keeps reeling us into the moment, it's now. Whatever it is going on, wherever you live, whatever stage of the pandemic you guys are in, whatever your shutdowns are, whatever your work looks like, there are no two days alike. We went through such a long period of our days being alike every day. We just get up and do what we've always done, and this shakeup is created in the bigger picture for permanent change because the change that's happened keeps happening over and over and over again that, you know, in two months we can break a habit, in three months we start to forget what we used to do, in four months we forget that we even had a different habit, and we're about seven or eight months now going into eight months in the States of habits that have changed and new ways to do old things. It's it's super interesting to talk about that, which we will one day. But today is Dream Team Thursday, and I have two dreams. Well, actually, like, oh, that's just so weird. Ah, I thought I made a copy of it. Well, I have a couple of them. I know, I'm sorry. I'm like on air trying to figure out where the second dream went. But we will make sure that it's here. I have it. We're good. It just takes a while. Sometimes I think last week I I read dreams from a different email. That was actually kind of funny. So my first dream is I had a dream. I was in my parents' house around Christmas. My cousin, my family, and my friend were there. The fire was lit and the place was comfy. I dreamt I started having a row with my cousins. I guess a row is maybe a conversation or an argument. In real life, he's quite innocent in one sense, but very clever in another. He was appallingly bad at school academically, but he's quite streetwise. To this day, he still sleeps with teddy bears. The only thing with him is that he's very two-faced. He talks to you nice as pie, and then behind your back, he talks negatively of you. He'd done it to me, the friend in the dream, and his mom. Well, in the dream, I start getting very angry with him, and we start to fight. 
I'm telling him everything he said about me and letting him have it. Eventually, he gets mad and throws my guitar on the ground. After a bit more altercation and him leaving the room, I go into the sitting room where all my family is. There's a bare Christmas tree in a bucket, and it falls because it has no support, and I put it up again. It wasn't hard to do. Then my cousin comes in, and we start fighting again. Then I hear from the hallway, let me see where this is going. Okay, then I hear from the hallway, his mother comes in. She's dressed in pajamas. You know, it's interesting the the level of detail about anger because anger does come and go and it does bring with it that angst of throwing your hands up in the air. It's kind of an interesting thing. So I'm getting back to the pajamas. She's dressed in pajamas, but it's too revealing. But when I take a second look, it's fine. Then the fighting starts again. And she, at first, neither defends or attacks anyone, but kind of passes my attempts to explain off. But when I tell her she's been talked about by him as well, she goes for him as him also. He storms out. I start to explain myself to everyone and actually break down crying, saying all I've done for him. But then I can hear him sobbing uncontrollably like a baby down in a room, and my friend that he also talked about is consoling him. I feel bad for him, and I instinctively know my friend does too. Then I wake up. Okay. So we have a dream that all about something you can't control. It's about somebody else talking about you. First of all, why does it matter at this point in life? What is it going to change? What has happened to anyone who's ever talked about you? Other than it hurts your feelings if you don't like what you hear. But sometimes you have to say, well, why would anyone say that? Well, if you know someone is is lying or two-faced or whatever, who cares? That's their problem, not yours. And there's, there's something really debilitating about, Putting all your eggs in what anybody says about you. Because you're saying, I want to control what I can't control. I want to make sure nobody ever talks about me. Nobody ever says anything about me. Why in, in your life does that theme follow you? Why doesn't it follow me or somebody else? Because... There used to be a day where, yeah, nobody wants to hear anything negative about themselves. But the truth is, we're gonna, from someone. The fact that this was in your family, and, you know, nothing is as it seems. One minute you look at the mother, and it looks like her pajamas are see-through, and then you look again, and now it's not the way you thought it was. And then the person who did the talking was also hurt and crying. And the person who's being talked about is crying. It's like gloom after gloom after gloom after doom. Why do things have to keep getting worse? And why is it your job to tell other people who's been talking about them? 
not only is it an issue for you, but you think it's an issue for everyone, so you start telling them, well, so-and-so said this about you too. And, and it's like trying to ignite or incite that anger in others as much as it makes you angry. But my bigger question in this dream is, why does it bother you? Why does it need to bother you? We have so many different things that can bother us. We can make um, like a, I, I want to say, a way in our lives that opens a door to greater peace, or we can keep looking at lateral. Lateral is what other people do over and over again. And the fact that not only were you being talked about, you told someone else he was talking about them, and he's two-faced, and he, 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 he. And I'm like, well, where's you, 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 you? Where's you? Here you are just going to a Christmas party. Why focus on the guy that you know is going to do what he's going to do? If you already know he's two-faced, think about this in your dream. Why do you keep going back for more? Why put your whole day in somebody else's hands and give their behavior the opportunity to hijack your life? Why not just focus on what you like to do? Why be the people police calling everybody out for what they're doing? And then you're upset, the mom's upset, he's sobbing uncontrollably. What what did anyone gain? Did telling on him make you feel better, make you feel right, more right than him? So you really have to look at that because... If I walked into a party, and granted this is a dream, so it keeps, you know, flying on its own, but it takes out what's living in there trying to run. Like, well, everybody's two-faced. Well, he's, you know, really innocent on one hand and, and just horrible on the other. And, you know, and on top of it, he, he wasn't great in school. Okay, so you know all of that. Why do you walk in and choose him? to be that, in a weird way, entertainment for the day. Those would be the bigger questions to come out of this. This isn't victimhood or martyrhood. It's distractionhood. That's not a word, but I just made it up. Focusing on something outside of you that you cannot control, bottom line. And letting yourself deal with all this stuff that actually isn't ultimately yours to deal with. If I know someone is a red flag, why would I walk up to him and engage them? I can't think of a good reason to do that. And I always go back. Time is our greatest asset. Basically saying to you, hey, you know, be careful where you put your time. And it's not easy to catch ourselves in the moment because when we're like the people police, we're watching everybody to see what everybody's doing. 
it'd be interesting when you realize that you're watching them more than they probably are watching themselves, first of all. And two, who are you to tell anybody who they are? I always say tell ourselves who we are. Let people figure out who they are. It's not your job. But sometimes people believe that if we give them examples of this happening to them too, aren't you upset too? The justification for the behavior for going into something that isn't yours to do starts to feel justified if they get as mad as you do. And then you cause, in in essence, a fight with everybody. All because the decision that you made to deal with this person that you already know is two-faced in your opinion. Isn't that interesting? Even in a great setting of Christmas where we're thinking of things like togetherness and forgiveness and safety and charm and gift-giving We're thinking about all of that. But instead it goes back to the same old, same old, same old. We're just going to cause a fight because somebody said something about me. And they said it about you too. And we know that he's really innocent on one side and really weird on the other about honesty. But let's focus on that. Build the argument that, you know, wasn't that good at school anyway, but street smart. And, you know, it's just this defamation of his character as well. Just like you may not want to be talked about yourself, imagine this person reading your dream and realizing that that's them. All of that goes back to choices. What kind of choices are you making in your life that lateralize you? That bring you to a place where you're just same old, same old. Catching people doing stuff that is not okay. Sometimes it's better to pick up a great book from a great mind and exchange energy with that instead of pulling out people's behavior and putting them up on blast for being bad and you proving that and blaming them. It's all about choices. What choice do you want to make today? Where do you want to focus? Because this came out in a dream, and part of it was just backstory, but the other part was the dream, where things aren't what they seem, seeing the mother dressed like that or him sobbing because there's one thing I found out from life was that anybody who talks about anybody else is distracting themselves from themselves so if somebody talks about me which happens quite a bit and some of it I mean it used to just startle me but I learned to have balance because of them so I'm thankful for them But I never really wanted to go around telling other people what they said about me in terms of 
feeling that feeling like I had to go right there, they're wrong to me. I just thought like, wow, people have the capacity to say that about this? I mentioned God and some atheist was telling me how stupid I was for talking about God. Well, they're an atheist. Or they're agnostic. Or they're just somebody who likes to pick on other people. But no matter what it was, I would try to appease and I'd think that they would like hear reasoning. And then when I found out that they didn't want the reasoning, I thought, okay, so I'm spinning my wheels, hitting my head against the wall. And over time, my head started to hurt. I hit it against the wall way too much. And then I said, you know what? I can't do this work and fight every war along the way. It's not my war. It's somebody else's war that just invited itself onto my page or onto my writing or into my reviews or whatever it is. And they have the right to their opinion. And now... I don't even go through reading it all anymore. I could just see where it's going from the first sentence or, you're wrong. I'm like, okay. I wasn't trying to be right. Part, I'm telling you what Christ is saying. So when I know that and I say, oh, Christ, look at the reaction you got. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? And Christ says, patience, just have patience. Everybody's growth comes when they can accept that there is no control of anybody. People can say whatever they want, do whatever they want. That's their life, their time, their reckoning. So this is choice and focus. And I don't care how many people can say somebody's bad. It doesn't help anybody to do that. Remember, when you're going to go after in your mind even someone and try to build the case, say, what do I, why do I need to do that? What do I benefit from that? It tends to anger me or upset me because my feelings were hurt, because I want everyone to think kindly of me. I don't want anybody on earth to talk about me. When I think thoughts like that personally, I say, but that's not real. But I made choices that helped me deal with that. And now I've grown even out of caring enough to deal with it. Because time has taught me like Christ taught us all about the gentleman caller in in Origins of Truth, the story about the gentleman caller. Keep that story in mind because it's not that we may not want answers at the time. It may be that we're not ready for them. But your dream is telling you you're ready to take a, a bullseye view of this and decide where you're going to put your energy. So I hope that helped. I also have another dream, and this one says, Hi, Nadia, I hope all is well in your family, your loved ones, and all medical procedures. 
have gone well. I have two very interesting dreams, so if you have time this Thursday, I'd be very happy to hear what you think is happening. Okay, so I, I hope I didn't read this one again. You just wrote that you hope I get to your dream today, but this is the last one I have. My first dream was about fire. I was in my apartment in the little town that I am currently in, and all the surroundings were burning. I mean everything, all the forests, all the fields, all the houses. I tried to stay until I got so hot inside my apartment that I realized it's time to go. I grabbed my laptop and left for the door. I was not scared because I had company. My invisible friend was with me. I knew I could rely on this invisible friend, and I had a strong feeling of connection. It almost felt like it was a better part of me. When I left the building, I was asked to take my seat in a luxurious Ford Escalade. Somebody opened the door for for me even. There was a driver driving the car, and he knew where I was going before I knew it. I sat back, the door was closed, relaxed, and enjoyed the ride. I was dropped off two blocks from the Pacific Ocean in L.A. in California. My house was already waiting for me, and I moved right in. I knew it all the way there, and when I got there, it felt so normal and natural. Then I walked along the beach and went swimming with a younger girl who could have been my daughter. I saw a huge wave coming and instructed her to do what to do so she wouldn't drown. The wave came, pulled both of us under, but I was the only one who got out. The young girl drowned. I was a little sad, but I knew there was nothing I could have done to keep her alive. End of the first dream. In the second dream, just two days after, I was on the mountain at a very high plateau. It was the perfect place for me to go about, explore, and go on adventures. Then my parents came by for a visit, and we were having a good time. In my dream, I knew that's that's that place and that feeling on the mountain plateau was ideal for me, and I knew it. End of second dream. What do you think? I feel good, like I am ready. So your dreams are, I mean, think about the extremes, the ocean, and the top of a mountain, and everything in between, living in another country, finding yourself in another country. It's, it's like these complete pendulum swings, right, from one side to the other. And really what your dream is telling you is that you are open to anything and everything. You're at a place in your life where you can go this way, and be happy, or you can go that way and be happy. You could stay where you are and still find happiness, and you can be at the ocean where you want to be, and you could still be happy even if something devastating happens, and then you could be up at the top of a mountain and still be happy. Think about that because it's just telling you that you've grown to a place where your happiness is who you are no matter where you are. Happiness doesn't depend alone and where you live think about that you know a lot of times we think well if i just moved i would be happy if i just moved if i just lived here in this country in this house in this location if i just had that job i would be happy if i just had that partner i would be happy 
that postponement of happiness puts life on pause because you're always waiting for something. And then the the crazier part about that is that when you postpone happiness, the thing you wanted, you're already on to something else that you don't have right now that's going to make you happy. And this dream just reels you into the fact that you have hit your moment. You have hit that I am happy in my heart. It doesn't matter where I land or why. I felt at home at the ocean. I felt at home in the mountain. I tried to stay at my home during a fire until I had to leave. I can trust that I can take care of myself. I trust that I can take care of whatever situation I'm in. I can navigate. You knew there was nothing you could do with the girl that drowned. You both could have drowned it. The fact that you came up, you knew you tried. I mean, dreams are like that. It's like someone dies and they really don't die in your mind. Because where we're at, going back to illusions, is that illusion, right? The fact that wherever I've lived, whether it was at my parents' house, whether it was in the first apartment I lived in, whether it was the first job I had, taking myself with me everywhere I go, right? Everywhere I go. Whatever was around me, just like any of us, we adapt. Oh, well, I have a one-bedroom apartment right now. Oh, I have a whole house right now. Oh, wow, a whole house is a lot of work. There's a yard, there's gardening, there's trash day, there's water bills, there's all this stuff that comes with a house. That's that's like partly, you know, a third of my week, let's say. But I'm happy. And I was happy in the one-bedroom apartment. I was happy when I was going through that problem. I knew it was going to rip the life out of me, and it did. But I made it. Because no matter where I'm at, I am going to find the best possible solution in every challenge, every issue that we have brings us to the best possible solutions. And when we do our best, we feel good no matter what the situation is, just like you felt with the girl. How do I Navigate. I'm where I always wanted to be. Well, the good news is you are where you wanted to be in your heart. Places are going to come and go. Money is going to come and go. Jobs may come and go. Relationships may come and go. We don't have a lot of guarantees in our lives. But the truth is, The guarantee you do have is that your soul never dies. Our lives may die, but our souls don't die. We do have to leave here, which tells us that us being here, that there's a reason behind it. And even if you can't figure out that reason, 
if you trust that that reason isn't yours to figure out, but you are here to learn every day, now you've just given yourself permission to learn every day. It's a very quieting dream. It's a very accepting dream that, you know what, I've hit a point in my life that whatever comes in my days, as long as I do my best, I will be okay. Because I want to be okay. So I thank you guys for your dreams. First dream, focus on yourself. Allow yourself that liberty of seeing yourself for who you are so you don't have to go around thinking about anybody else outside of you. And then the second one, you're really gaining ground on self-acceptance. So thank you for two great dreams because we've all been in both places and we have lived to tell about it. I love you guys and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.